Welcome to the Create a Relationship You Love Summit. I'm your host, Andrea Carella, and the benefits of this summit are to help couples create satisfying, authentic, harmonious, and passionate relationships. And today we have a very special guest. His name is Larry Michael, and he is a genetic energetic who helps couples gain deep insight into their own unique characteristics, energetic makeup, sexual vibration, and communication style. Today, we'll be talking about transforming relationships through acceptance, understanding, and love. And we are going to be covering the five personal energetics and how to understand your and your partner's relationship type, the four lifestyle traits, and the variety of combinations that can influence how a couple is magnetized to or demagnetized from one another, as well as the five different types of attraction and chemistry and how energy in a couplehood can impact parenting and finances. Welcome to the Summit, Larry. Wonderful having you on today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is fun. I'm looking forward to to our conversation today. Yes, I had a lovely conversation with you, Larry, a couple of days ago about what you do, and it's so intriguing, and I'm so excited for the audience to learn more about it. We'll go ahead and jump right in. All right. What are the five modifiers in the genetic energetic system? So couples on the call can start understanding maybe what their type is or their modifiers are. Great question. There are, there are five modifiers. There are things called lifestyle traits, and there is a thing called tractions, which is chemistry. Just to kind of back up a little bit, I want to just describe what genetic energetics are. Oh, great. So yes. people understand what this is in relation to everything else they may have heard or, or read about about themselves. When I talk about energetics, uh, people a lot of the time assume, oh, energy, I know all about energy. And you know, there's a lot of talk about energy. We hear all the time, energy is everything and everything is energy. And there's a lot of conversation about how we can shift our energy around. The energetics that I'm talking about today, though, are very different. And what's different is what we are looking at is an energetic frequency that you vibrate at, Andrea. This is, and it's genetic. So in other words, you've had this particular vibration since you were born, and it does not change. It's very much like your blood type. So if you're A positive, you're always A positive. That's not going to change. And when we talk about the various profiles or elements of the energetics today, these are what are hard-coded. It's kind of like a blueprint. This is your design. And what we're going to be talking about is how you kind of live within that design, but also how you interact with people that may not have the same design. Mm. So we know, for example, like if you go into the hospital and you're A positive, you, you need to get transfused with A positive or you're in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so in this case, if you have an energetic frequency that is different than someone else's, you don't necessarily have to have the same exact frequency as that other person, but you do need to be aware of it. Because that awareness is what's going to make it possible for you to connect deeply. And most important, it's going to make it possible for you to let go of whatever stories that you may have construed or constructed to explain some of the challenges that come up in relationships. And that's the power of this work. The power of this work is it really makes you aware of what you are. I'm not saying who, I'm saying what you are. Mm -hmm. so that you can embrace your similarities and differences. Now, this particular science came about, it's almost 40 years old now. It was developed by a gentleman named Dick Nelson 
And he passed away in 2003, but not before it got studied very thoroughly. And when I got involved, which is almost a decade ago, I spent almost two years trying to break the system because it was uncanny to me. It was like, how could something be so accurate? And for two years, I interviewed over a thousand couples and it was never wrong. Then we had scientists that came in at their own dollar and evaluated the system and, and also substantiated it. So mm. it has some very strong cores to it and it's had a, a lot of evaluation. And it's important to know this because we're going to be letting people have an opportunity to find out what they are energetically because we're going to give them a link for that. Mm. And it's only going to ask for a couple things, which are birth dates. And so people oftentimes think, well, is this astrology? And it's not. It really is a very different science. Mm. So again, genetic energetics are the vibrations. It is the frequency that you vibrate at. And you are either going to be in harmony with someone, or that energy is going to be a little discordant. And in both cases, situations are going to come up that are really important for you to be aware of. Okay. So that's the, that's the, kind of the overview of genetic energetics. Yes. And, I'm so glad you clarified that because that's so important for people to understand even before we go into detail. Right. And so now, thank you so much. And so now let's just bring it home for a second. So that all sounded like very informational but I want everybody to have a personal experience of it. And we all, by the way, here's the fun thing about it is that we've been experiencing our energetic makeup all our life. And sometimes it feels really great and sometimes not. And we just haven't really known what it was that was causing the challenges or what was creating the elation. And to give you an example, um, I think all of us have had an opportunity when you meet someone for the first time and maybe it was supposed to be a 10 or 15 minute meeting and you get into conversation and next thing you know, you've been talking for three hours and you're having so much fun. You've got like a new BFF, right? A new bestie mm -hmm. in your life. And, and you didn't even know the person before and you feel like you've known them forever. Mm -hmm. So That's happened to me a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's happened to everyone, right? And it feels awesome. It really feels awesome. That happens when people are energetically what we call aligned. There's a harmonic there that is very much in a alignment. Now, we've also met people who, let's say we were supposed to spend time with, it might have been a business meeting or it was an introduction or maybe it was a blind date or something like that, right? Mm. And we meet them and it doesn't take long after the beginning of the meeting that we feel, uh, huh, I wish this was over. <laughs> you know? mm. Or like an energy vampire took yes, over. Yes, very much an en energy vampire. So, you know, what happens with that one is that like you're talking and you find yourself... <gasps> Oh, yawning, right? Mm. You're covering your mouth and you're yawning and you weren't even tired before. You're going, what's going on here? And you just struggle your way through a meeting. And sometimes you can be so exhausted from that energy vampire type environment, right? Mm. And you leave the meeting, like you leave their presence and you go to get into your car or wherever you're going and you're going, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. And your best friend calls you up. And next thing you know, you're totally back. You're totally back. Your energy's back. You're fine. And you're going, what the heck just happened? Mm. So that is when two energetic styles are colliding with each other. Mm -hmm. And by the way, this happens in relationships all the time. Oh, of course. Where people get into relationship and they're really excited at the beginning because, oh my God, the person looks so great, but they get into this relationship and then they're going, oh, this is a bit of a struggle. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things we'll talk about today is chemistry and chemistry is what oftentimes takes us deep into a relationship because with chemistry, we're simply drugged up. It's brain chemicals. 
And with this system, we can tell you who you're going to have chemistry with and who not. Mm, great. And really important because oftentimes relationships have challenges because one person is like, oh, they're totally infatuated with the other person. They, like the desire is so strong that it's almost overwhelming. And you're sitting there, I don't feel that. I mean, wow, this is like, how can you want to marry me? You've only known me for five minutes, you know, kind mm -hmm. of thing. We've all heard those stories, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's actually explainable with energetics. Mm, interesting. Isn't it? Yeah, I think it's intriguing. Now, with the five modifiers, could you highlight what those are in the context of genetic energetics? I can. Uh, what I'd love to do, if it's all right with you, though, is I'd like to talk about the lifestyle traits first because oh, sure. that's that's really the foundational core. Not everyone has modifiers. Mm, okay. Some people have none and some people have multiples. And so we can talk about that in a little bit. But most important, I want to introduce the four lifestyle traits because that is the foundational piece. Great. Let's go ahead and dive into that. That okay, sounds great. So there, there's four. And the very first one is what we call communication style. Now, for each of these lifestyle traits, there's two variations. And with communication style, we have people that are structural and we have people that are figurative. So structural talking style or figurative talking style. And the structural person, you're listening to one. That's me. So I pick my words to mean exactly what I want to say. Like if I stop for a moment, it's because my head's going, what's the right word? What's the right word? And I make sure that I've got the right word to say exactly what I'm trying to convey, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're talking to me like, Andrew, you asked me a question, I'm going to take you literally. Mm. And I'm waiting to get just enough information from you so I understand what your question is. And as soon as I think I got it, then I'm going to respond to you. Now, here's the challenge is that some people are figurative, which you are, mm -hmm. right? And a figurative talking style person is far more emotive. So- it's more conveyance of emotion than it is picking the exact word. Mm -hmm. So for example, you may say to me, you may send me a message, let's say at 10 o'clock in the evening, and you say, oh, honey, we need to get on the phone right now. Okay. And I'm thinking it's 10 o'clock. I was just going to bed. What could she possibly want? Okay. 10 o'clock. She said, now I call you up and I call you up and you go, what's going on? I was sleeping. And I said, well, the message said right now. And, and your response is, no, I meant like we need to get started on it right now, but the morning is okay. Right? Mm, mm -hmm. so, so, you know, figuratively now just meant I want to get started on this as soon as possible. To me now meant pick up the phone and call her right now because it's like not a second later, <laughs> you know? Right. So, that can create a lot of confusion if a couple is on two ends of the spectrum. Totally. Totally. And, and by the way, take it out of just romance and put it into business. Mm. And you have your, the CEO of your company says, we need to, we need to have our information up on Facebook now, <laughs> you know, and it's 10 in the evening and you're going, okay, I guess I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm going to put it up. And then you get it all up and you, you call the CEO in the morning and says, I got it all up for you. And he goes, what are you talking about? And well, you said now, and he's going, no, 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 you could have started in the morning. That's fine. Thank you though. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, meanwhile, you stressed all evening. Mm -hmm. So these kind of things are not intentional misunderstandings. They're very unintentional, but it's the difference between two different communication styles. One's figurative, one's structural, but there's more to just communication that's, in, that's a challenge there because communication, remember I said, these are energetic vibrations. And we started out, the example I gave was, you know, whether you really felt connected to someone or you felt like an energy vampire just entered your room. 
So in communication, if you have a different communication style, you have two different vibrations. And think about this. We've all played with magnets, right? Mm-hmm. And when we were kids, we had magnets and we went to push them together and they repelled each other. You know, we were having so much fun. We tried to push them together. They'd repel each other. Well, imagine now that you have two magnets and you dress them up like Ken and Barbie. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at each other and going, oh, she's what I'm talking about. And she's looking at him and going, oh, yes. Right. And they're going, we should be together. And then they start getting closer and closer to each other. And this is like real life now. And they start talking to each other and they discover, oh my God, you want kids? I want kids. Oh my gosh, we believe in the same, we have the same passions about about life and about what we want to do in life. And, and we're the same religious principles. Oh my gosh, this is such a great fit. And you fall deeply in love, but you may be energetically mismatched. And so this whole time while you're trying to be with each other, you're kind of repelling each other energetically at the same time. And you're wearing each other down and communication style does that. So your figurative talking style and what we call super active. So if you and I are hanging out in the same space, I guarantee you, I'm going to get tired. Mm. I'm going to feel worn down and it's great. You and I can talk on the phone for a long time. We already have, right? Mm -hmm. But in person, it might be exhausting. Because you're what, what activity level type? Well, I'm moderate active. We'll talk about that in a second. But just the two different communication styles, though, create that energetic drain, can do that. Mm -hmm. And there's other things like sense of humor. You know, we've all had friends that will say something funny to us and we kind of go, that's funny. But we're not thinking, we're not really laughing at them. We're laughing with them. We're really kind of laughing at them like, you're funny, all right. Like funny, strange, right? Mm. There are people that sometimes have these great senses of humor, but they get together with someone that doesn't meet them or catch them there, and they kind of shut down. And I think all of us have had an experience where we've been you know, with a partner for a long time, and maybe then we run into someone that's very much like us, and we get really elevated, and we have fun, and the person goes, wow, you're really funny. And you go, oh, yeah, you know what? I am kind of funny. I forgot about that. Those are things that are really important to know because if your partner is not matched with you in this area, it doesn't mean that you can't be in a relationship with each other. It doesn't mean that at all, but it does mean that you have to be aware of it so you can embrace the difference. Mm -hmm. I know your figurative talking style. If you and I are in business together or we have a romance with each other, it's really important for me to know not to take you literally all the time. And it's really important for me to check in with you when you're talking to me to make sure I know exactly what you're trying to convey. Because I might not, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to assume because it could be like one of the most important emotional things that you've expressed to me, you know, in a long time. And I, I certainly don't want to just go, oh, okay, well, thanks for sharing. You know? Right. And then for me, I would, I would want to know to, to try to modify my communication so that I can be a little bit more literal right. in my so, communication. So it, it meets your communication style. Right. You really want to kind of check in and both of us want to check in. The key here though is, is what we don't want to do is try and change what we are. Mm. Okay. So it's great to be a little bit more clear, but you also want to be naturally yourself, right? I don't want you to change. Mm. I want you to be Andrea, right? Why would I want a different person? That would be silly. You know, I want you to be who you are and I want you to be what you are to do that. I want to understand you so I can honor and appreciate and acknowledge and totally love you, right? Mm-hmm. 
as opposed to, well, God, you just don't ever listen to me. You must not care. Or I always feel worn down around you. I, I guess we shouldn't be spending as much time together. And, and these are stories, right? And these stories get in the way of us doing what? That's, that's loving each other. Mm. Right? We need to be present to experience love. We need to be in the now to experience love. And if we're holding on to any kind of stories, then it's not love. It's just a construction that we're dealing with. Right. So this is communication style. The next lifestyle trait is called um, your activity level. And there's two different activity levels. There's super active, which is what you are, mm-hmm. and moderate active, which is what I am. Mm-hmm. Now, super active people, they, they kind of like those listening are going to know it because you're the ones that have to stop yourself from finishing other people's sentences most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just being polite, really. You're just being polite by not finishing other people's sentences because you pretty much know what so, someone's going to say. True, Andrea? This is true. I, I think it's about connecting with the other person. <laughs> and so you want to engage. Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. You're being modest. <laughs> well, I, I'm a trained therapist, so I've, I'm have i a good listener. <laughs> okay. So now there's a really interesting point you made, right? So you're trained to be a listener. And you know that if you listen, that you, there's always little pieces that are going to come up that are going to give you cues to help your, your clients, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the same time, there's a part of you that goes, ah, I bet I know where they're going next. Mm-hmm. Right. Or a good follow-up question for them to dig deeper to understand yeah. themselves more. Yeah. And for you've sure. Almost, you know, you may have that question for them after the first two words come out of their mouth, but then you let them finish to think, well, maybe is this the right question? That's being a professional, Andrea. But mm-hmm. now if you're not trained to do that, what really happens a lot of times is we just have to be polite. Mm-hmm. Super active people have to be polite. And, and by the way, being super active also means that you live your life that way too. You like structure. From the time your head comes off the pillow in the morning till the time it goes back on the pillow at night, you like to know what you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't relax because you may schedule into your life relaxation or just quiet time or meditation or a time to just chill and read a book. But it's scheduled. It's planned. And most super active people love to have things planned out. Not big shoppers, unless you've got a favorite store. Like online shopping is, that's the kind, that's the thing, because it makes it really easy for you to get what you want quickly without having to deal with looking around. Yes, because I don't like shopping and everyone is shocked, but that's interesting. Yeah, I wonder, (laughs) that's probably why. 99% of the people, super active people, don't like to shop unless they have a favorite store. Mm. I'll talk to a guy who's super active and he goes, wait a second, how about Home Depot? So that's different, right? That's a total, well, that's your favorite store. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I can't stand any other kind of shopping, right? Mm-hmm. But there's, and I'm what's called moderate active. I'm more methodical in how I approach things. I'll listen longer. I'll, I might stop for a while to really think things out. I love to shop, by the way. And, <laughs> um, and I'm a sprinter, so I do things really fast, but then I can totally chill. I don't need to know what I'm going to be doing next. But here's a fun thing. Let's say you and I are in relationship with each other and we're having a dinner party. You're super active. I'm moderate active and I'm making guacamole. And I went, oh, crap, I forgot the lime. Who should go to the store to get the lime? Mm. You? (laughs) Because you're methodical? (laughs) No, actually, I'm the worst person to send. You're the right person to send because you'll go into the store, you'll grab a lime and you'll come back almost before you were gone. Mm. Right? 
It's like it'd be instant. You, you go in, you get what you want, you come out because you don't want to shop. Mm-hmm. Right? I'll go into that store, and from the moment I walk in the door, I'm like looking around going, what else do I need? And I'll come back. I go for a lime. I come back with two bags of groceries. 30 minutes later, and, and you'll be sitting there going, Larry, what the heck? I think that my husband does that. He he likes to wander and explore. <laughs> so that, you know, and that difference, right, is really uh, just to know that and to appreciate it is really great, but also to use it in the right environment. Like mm-hmm. if I need a lime right away, I'm sending you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going close to a grocery store, right? By the way, you're super active. You don't like to shop. Now let's have fun. I mm-hmm. want to buy you some lingerie. Off to Victoria's Secret we go. But you don't want to shop. So I'm going to stick you in the dressing room and I'm going to go around the store and I'm going to pick out things and bring them to you. Mm-hmm. And you tell me if you would love this. You're in there just having stuff brought to you and you get to try it on and you don't have to look for it. And you can just pick out what you want and then we go. I mean, how great does that sound? That saves me a ton of time and energy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, what an awesome thing for a guy to do for his woman if he understands what she likes to do. Yeah. So these, again, these are two different variations. And here's the challenge. The challenge is, is when people are combined, when you have relationships combined that have differences here, lots of stories can get created. Like I could be, it, it would not be unusual for the moderate active guy or gal to say to their partner, geez, why don't you relax? You never slow down. There must be something wrong with you. You're ADHD or ADD. This is like these particular titles get thrown on superactive people all the time, and they're just not true. Mm. But someone looks at you and goes, you never stop. You never slow down. You know what? You need to check your diet out. There's something wrong. And there's all of these, you hear all these like stories, all these attempts to try and capture why your behavior, what is now deemed as abnormal, is happening. And mm-hmm. what I'm telling to you now is that there's no way, there's nothing broken about you at all. You're just super active. That's the way you are designed. That's your energetics. Love it. Mm-hmm. Be it. Own right? it. Own it. Yes, <laughs> totally own it. Own it and love it. And if someone says something to you, just go, hey, you're talking to someone who's super active. You have a choice. You either love me like I am or, I, sorry, I can't help you. And so what's the next lifestyle trade? I'm curious. So the next one after that we call financial logic. Mm. And financial logic is there's two kinds. One's conservative, one's non-conservative. The conservative financial logic person has an awareness around money all the time. They make great chief financial officers. They make great bookkeepers and accountants. Um, They're very diligent about their money. It doesn't mean that they're going to be wealthy or collect or have a lot of money, but it means that they're always aware of how much they have or don't have at any point in time. And a matter of fact, sometimes it backfires on them because they're so focused on money that they prevent the abundance and prosperity, financial prosperity to show up. Mm. Mm-hmm. But they're very diligent. Now, a, a non-conservative financial logic person, we call them rainmakers. Money just shows up for them. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Andrea, I have been interviewing people for a decade. And when I talk to someone who's non-conservative lo- financial logic, the conversation kind of goes like this. I go, well, this is what it's like for you. It's the end of the month. You've got rent due tomorrow. You don't have any money. There's no food in the refrigerator. You're not quite sure how you're going to feed yourself or pay your rent. 
and you just came back from a seminar and enrolled in a $5,000 training. And you go to bed at night, and you wake up in the morning, and you hear this, and someone's knocked on your door and left you a check for $5,000. Mm. And most non-conservative people will just turn around and go, yeah, that's pretty much the way it happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so nice. on conservative financial logic, I'm going, nice, I want that, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're rainmakers, and you, you know them because they usually have to keep a check register or they overdraw their bank account. They just don't pay a lot of attention to money. Or this sometimes doesn't feel true because they were raised in an environment where there, weren't, there wasn't money all the time. Your upbringing can have an impact here, but in their natural role of things, they just invite in financial prosperity. Mm, mm-hmm. They're really good at things like 401ks and retirement plans because they know if they don't put those things in place, they usually aren't going to exist. Mm-hmm. So they automate things to take care of what they know they don't focus on. And, and this one is going to be an interesting one for you because there's a, this perception out there and it's even been reported and supposedly statistically reported that most relationships fail because of money. Yes, that's a common thing. It's for sure. That and sex. It's a yes. So the money part, that part is a common belief system. I mean tell you right now it's absolutely 100% wrong. Hmm. It's totally wrong. The relationships never fail because of money. Money is the scapegoat. It's the one thing you can look at a ledger, right? And you go, look, we're broke. That's why it's over. But that's not why it's over. Because there are couples that are really quality, deeply connected relationships that'll go on roller coasters. They'll be bankrupt and they'll come back and they'll be bankrupt and they'll come back. They can go through any scenario together because they're that well connected. Money is just a scapegoat 99% of the time. So if couples are on two ends of the spectrum, how do they maneuver through those financial matters so that they work in harmony with each other? Otherwise, that might be disastrous. It's a great question. So they need to understand the difference, first of all. It's really important to understand their difference. If they're energetically mismatched, they need to know what it means to be conservative financial logic or what it means to be non-conservative. When I work with couples that are not matched financially... It's really interesting. They naturally know who's going to run the books. Mm. It's like I'll talk to him and I go, so who handles, I won't tell him what they are. I'll say, who handles the books in the family? And, and he'll go, oh, she does. <laughs> She's got that down. She's got that. I love it. She takes care of the books. I'm terrible at them. That's a common thing or vice versa. You can plug male or female and change these around all the time. None of what I'm telling you is gender specific. Right. This is it's really energetic. It's totally energetic. It's a 50-50 deal. And there are a lot of beliefs that men talk this way and women talk that way. And when we get to the sex part, there's definitely a lot of belief systems that are out there about men are and women are. And and I'm just going to share with you that a lot of those are dead wrong. Yeah, they're overgeneralized. Thank you. They they are overgeneralized. And because of that, you know, it's it's a misconception that creates belief systems that get in the way Mm -hmm. of us really embracing the divine feminine and masculine, the way each individual needs to be embraced. Mm. With money, your question is, how do they deal with it? Well, if I know that my partner's conservative financial logic, then I know that they need to have a certain amount of certainty about how the money's being handled so that they can relax. Mm. Mm-hmm. And if I know my partner is non-conservative, I'm going, oh, great, I've got a rainmaker. 
But here's the challenge. If I'm conservative and I'm stressing about money, I'll shut it down for both of us. So if you've got a non-conservative financial logic partner, you know, manage the books, but don't be on top of them about it all the time because they're the one that are going to draw the money towards you. Mm-hmm. This is really an important piece to know. So just understanding that, all of this, all of this is about just knowing what your partner is so you can embrace it as opposed to be resentful or blame them or shame yourself or make wrong in any way or feel guilty about what's going on in the relationship. Right. So, I mean, I repeat that. Shame, blame, guilt, and resentment. Those four emotions will damage any and every relationship. Mm-hmm. And they're all attached to some story or some context that you, you put around a situation that you've experienced. Mm-hmm. Now, there's lots of context that may be absolutely true, but there's a lot of things when it comes to energetics that are just, they're just made up. And so what we're doing here is we're getting to the truth, to the core. And from the core, you can decide how you want to relate to someone. Maybe it's too difficult to be energetically mismatched. Maybe it doesn't matter because you have so much love and connection with this person, you would not change this for the world. Mm. One of the things that I get asked all the time, people say, well, shouldn't we go and find our perfect partner? I'm going to say right now, everyone shows up in our life for a reason and they show up exactly when they're supposed to, as they're supposed to. We need to be aware of that so we can embrace that so that we really can embrace the person that that shows up in our lives. There's a reason why they're here now. There's a reason why you and I are talking now. And Mm -hmm. and maybe it's because there's folks that you're bringing into the summit so they can hear all the things that your experts have to say. And the fact that we're on the phone together means that they're going to pick up on this and they may get one or two things that are life-changing. So that's why we're talking. That's why I'm excited about, you know, being on your show. Yeah, it's great to have you on. I I think that this is a really intriguing information that I think is going to serve a lot of people uh, amongst all the other talks that are on this summit. So oh, you've got a great, great great lineup. <laughs> yeah. So let's move to the next one. Yes. Because the next one, I mean you you said it when you said a lot of relationships don't make it because of sexual issues. So there are two different sexual response types. There's one that's called mental emotional and there's one that's physical. Mm-hmm. The mental, emotional, sexual response type person, all of their sexual energy is on the surface. People feel it. They see it. Whether it's male or female, they see it and they feel it. And for women, this has oftentimes been very problematic since they were little kids. Sometimes they have parents that will say, Andrea, you're just being too flirtatious. You need to stop that. That's not proper. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and all you're being is playful and fun and enjoying yourself. You're not being flirtatious at all. You're just curious, right? You just mm-hmm. want to know who people are. You have this modifier we're going to talk about called the engager, which just makes you a curious person and it's charismatic. And so people love being around you. And if your mom or dad or a teacher doesn't understand you, they're going to go, little girl, you need to behave yourself, right? And mm-hmm. now you're thinking you're doing something wrong and you're not doing anything wrong. You're just being you. Mm-hmm. But that make wrong results in all kinds of traumas and challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is a gal that I worked with who thought that she loved to be spanked. She just thought that was something that she was supposed to do. And it turned out she really didn't like it at all. Mm-hmm. But she found out because of her sexual response type that this was something she believed she had to do to get love. Mm-hmm. 
And the release, the opportunity to not go there and just make a decision based on what she really liked instead of what she felt she was supposed to do, it was like giving her a life back. Mm -hmm. Mental, emotional, sexual response type, our sexual energy is very visible. We cast people for movies and we'll look at their sexual response type to look for a match there so that the sex, the sensual sexual scenes are very believable. Mm-hmm. But you're, so here's the thing though, you're the prelude to sex is really important to a mental emotional person. So candles, music, lights, you know, the flowers, just the expressions of love, all these things, that's all foreplay. And it's critically important. It doesn't mean that you can't have a quickie. Okay? Mm-hmm. You're totally capable, but it would never sustain you. You need that emotional foreplay. And it's like creating scenes are really important. Now, the other sexual response type, which is called physical, you may be hearing this right now and be going, well, I like candles and I like the music and I like someone to make me dinner. I like all that. And every time... I have someone that's physical sexual response type and I share this and I say to them, they go, I like that. I go, you like it, but do you need it? And their response to me is, oh no, just do me. Mm-hmm. Right? So they're, they're not being crass. They're really just saying that's their truth. They run hot. And when they're hot, they're hot. Mm-hmm. And that's when they want to engage. And so... If you have two people that are two different sexual response types, it's really easy to miss those cues. The physical person doesn't need the things that the mental emotional person does, so they don't do them because they don't need them. Mm-hmm. They might do it occasionally, but it's not a natural thing. It's not a must for them, right? right. And the mental emotional person is like needing to get all ready. I'll give you an example of how this works. I had a girlfriend once who is physical sexual response type, and I'm mental emotional. And she comes home from work and I've got the candles on. I went and bought flowers. I've made dinner, right? I made like I made this four course meal. I'm like so ready because mm. I've been all of this, all this prep. I'm like doing my own foreplay. Like right. I'm so <laughs> ready, right? Yeah. And she comes home and I greet her at the door and I go, hi, honey, are you hungry? And she goes, oh, I'm hungry. And I can tell from the look in her eyes, the hunger she's talking about is not food that she wants to eat, right? (laughs) So I have a choice in that moment. I could go, well, I got a five-course meal ready to go. Let's let's eat, and then we'll go play later, right? Mm. Or I can go, all right, leftovers will be just as good. Let's go in the bedroom, right? Mm -hmm. So here's the deal. If I did the first part, if I said, let's eat later, I'm kind of like a fire extinguisher, and I am putting out her flame. Mm-hmm. Now, the first time might be okay. But at an unconscious level, her body's going, he doesn't get me. Or he doesn't care about me or I'm not desired. Could be right. maybe what, all, how they perceive that. Right. All of these things are going on and a lot of it's unconscious, right? Mm-hmm. So he doesn't get me. He doesn't. He's not feeling me. He doesn't understand me. He must not love me. You know, all these things could be going on. So the first time it's going to be hard to think he doesn't love you because he's made you dinner and put on candles and all that kind of stuff. But the body wants something it's not getting. Mm -hmm. Now, the second time that happens or the third time, now they're getting anchored to the fact that I'm not picking up on their sexual cues. And what happens is at an other than conscious level, the body starts to shut down and anticipates the partner's not going to really know it when you're excited. Mm 
And the result is, and this happens all the time, what I hear people say is, she just lays there, or he just lays there. They're mm-hmm. just waiting for me to do something that I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And this can feel very disastrous. And it's at that point where typically we'll go get a book, 101 Great Nights of Sex, or the Kama Sutra, or counseling or coaching. I mean, you go into a bookstore now, there's 500 books on sex. Mm-hmm. It's no surprise because they're looking for ways to help people that are having sexual challenges. And the key here is you don't necessarily need a book. You need to understand energetically what your partner needs. Right, because I would imagine the mental-emotional wants to make sure that you have that that connection in that way, and perhaps the other person is more physical, and they could be mis-signaling one another and not or not picking up on each other's cues, which could make both feel unloved or uncared for. Totally. Right. And, and that Un, unlo- Unintentionally. Uh, totally unintentionally because they love each other. They care for each other. They may be living together. They may be together for years. Sometimes the sexual challenges don't show up for a year or two. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're very quick, but sometimes they take a while, especially if chemistry is involved. Because if chemistry is involved, then you're all doped up a good part of the time. And mm-hmm. it's not till you get a ways into it that some other challenges become more pronounced that all of a sudden you step back and you look and you go, you know, sex isn't really what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. When there's a sexual mismatch, this is one of the more difficult of the mismatches to work with. But it's really important that couples that have two different sexual response types learn about those types. And they also learn a lot more about how to be sexually intimate. Right, because, yeah, I would imagine, too, that if somebody is physical type, but they know that their partner is emotional, mental, maybe they set their need aside and suppress it and go along with the other, and that could happen for a long time. Oh, yeah. And then they're out of integrity and alignment with themselves, which could be detrimental over time. Yep. Or or in a situation that I see common, and, and this really just speaks to how little or how under-informed the male and female population is in terms of sensuality and sexuality. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not in a culture that has taught us how to embrace our sexual capacity and our abilities and our sensitivities. It's played down. It, it's played up in genes and commercials and things like that, but that's completely not taking us down a space that helps us truly connect with each other. And our parents aren't teaching us because they weren't taught. We're learning... Unfortunately, a lot of people think they're learning from porn and the internet, but that's not an education either. In fact, it's a horrible education. It's completely wrong most of the time. And, and so we're under-trained, we're undersensitized, we're not aware or conscious about even how to embrace our sacred sexuality. Mm. And so you take that on top of the situation you just talked about, a man who might be mental emotionally, he meets a physical sexual response woman. Well, she's like, wow, she's hot. This is awesome. I don't have to do anything. She just is digging my body. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's going, wow, I just, I've been wanting one of this. For, I've been wanting this for years. This is so cool. But it doesn't take long before he finally goes, there's still something missing here. Mm-hmm. He's going to sense something's missing no matter how hot she is and how aggressive she might be, or how on top of it, or how much she might lead the sexual encounters. After a while, he's either going to feel a little bit emasculated, or he's going to feel like, I'm just not seen. 
and it all happens at a bit of an unconscious level. And so when it cascades in on the relationship, it feels like a catastrophe. Right. Or even the other one, oh, I always initiate. I'm always the one initiating and they don't. Mm -hmm. So that can also play out too in the relationship. Sure. And what do we get with that? That's resentment, right? Mm, Yes. Total resentment. And this happens, by the way, go back to activity level. Super active person, moderate active person. You ask a super active person where you want to go to dinner, they tell you right away. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. You ask the moderate active person, they're going, I don't know. Um, You decide. And I even had a couple like this that I worked with and she was super active. She made all the decisions. And after a couple of years, she started to resent her partner because she was always making all the decisions. Mm-hmm. He didn't feel it at all because he thought her decisions were great. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, so it didn't take much work for us to fix that. In fact, it was really easy to come up with a solution. It was exciting and fun. And I don't have time to tell the whole story, but it was really cool. Mm-hmm. The, the point is it was there was that resentment came in and remember what I said when resentment or shame or blame or guilt come into a relationship, love is lost. Right. And it could really be unintentional. It's a lack, just a simply a lack of understanding that with that awareness can open up a space of mutual respect. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it, you know, it almost always is unintentional. I mean, think about it. Two people decide they want to be in a relationship with each other. Their intentions are to have a really great relationship. Mm -hmm. They've fallen in love with each other. I mean, the idea here is like, what can we make? What can we create together? This is so amazing. I feel so incredible in your presence. I'm just so excited about life. Mm -hmm. And then life throws them a curveball and you got a challenge. Right. Now, around attraction and chemistry, I think there are five different types, correct? Actually, with chemistry, there's just two. Okay. So, and what chemistry is an interesting thing. We call it attractions mm. and we designate them. We say you either have false attractions or true attractions. And the, what it really is, here's the deal with chemistry. That old adage that men are attracted to women like their mother and women are attracted to men like their father. It's totally true, Andrea. Oh, interesting. It's totally true, but it's genetic. It doesn't even matter if you've known them or not. So when you go to get a profile from us and we ask for your opposite gender parent's birth date, it's always going to be the biological parent, whether you knew them or not. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have that information and that's okay. The reports you're going to get are still going to be complete, but they won't have the chemistry piece. But here's the deal about chemistry. And this is really the most important part that we have to understand. Chemistry is a drug. Mm-hmm. We are literally drugged up when chemistry is happening. There are six brain chemicals testosterone, dopamine, oxytocin, PEA, norepinephrine, you know, these are all getting elevated. And when these things get elevated, it's almost like you're high. You're high. You really are. You're on drugs. And, and it feels good. And there's this incredible buzz. And you have this elation that is like, where's that coming from? Right? Mm-hmm. You get this smile on your face and you don't even know why. You think about the person and you're just like cheery all the time and you want them. There's this desire, this passion for them that almost seems unnatural because you've only known them for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or, or or you've spent time with them and you go out on a first date or a second date and a third date and you don't get to see them for a day and you're just like longing, longing for the person. You just met them, right? Mm-hmm. So what is that? Most of the time, of the time, that's chemistry. And if you could just stop yourself, if you could like just settle in and feel your body, it's going to feel like you just had a drink or something, 
right? Because mm-hmm. there's going to be this buzz going through your system. And you're mm-hmm. literally drugged up. You take off your clear glasses, you put on rose-colored glasses, and everything looks peachy. There's red flag. There could be red flags flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. And on the flags, it says, run the other way. No, stop. Don't go there. Right? And mm-hmm. you're looking at the flags going, oh, they're so pretty. Look. Oh, my God. They're so beautiful. And your friends are all going, are you wacky? Mm-hmm. Right? But our friends usually won't say that to us at the beginning because they wish us the best. But the key here is that chemistry has a way of masking some of the challenges that come up in relationships. So Mm -hmm. you could have a lot of chemistry with someone, but be sexually mismatched. And because there's so much chemistry, you don't approach what you need to do to deal with that energetic difference because you think everything's fine. Mm Mm-hmm. But imagine if you knew that you were drugged up a little bit, that there's lots of chemistry, and you also knew that you were sexually mismatched or not aligned, that you could now go into it early and say, hey, honey, you're like this, I'm like that. Let's figure out how we can really make this like juicier and more connected than ever. Right. So it makes something that seems very primal much more logical so that you have your feet on the ground, so you're, instead of just floating around on oh, yeah. a yeah. magic cloud. <laughs> yeah, because chemistry has us float. I mean, I have so many stories that I can share where chemistry has gotten people into trouble from incredible relationships where the one partner said, I absolutely don't want kids, and the other partner was so drugged up on chemistry, never heard their partner, never believed them, figured, oh, you'll come around, you'll come around. And then they and then manages to get pregnant, and they... They break up. They divorce because he said, I never wanted kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's like, and then there's this anger, like, how could you do this to me? Well, he might've said it for three years, but it's never heard. Yeah. Now yeah. I have my last question and this, this ties in with couples who are parents or maybe have kids at home. And I'm curious how that throws off the dynamics or the energetic energy in the home environment and how to maneuver through that so that couples can stay connected? Well, it's, it's a great question. You know, it's, it's almost, whether it's kids or it's where you work, you're around people where you've got a multitude of different energies. I have three kids. Mm-hmm. My ex-wife and my two boys and I are all one communication style and my daughter's a different one. Right? When she was growing up, it was almost like, are you guys sure I wasn't adopted? right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It just seems different. Well, it's important for us to understand that difference because we want to connect with our children as much as we want to connect with our significant others, with our beloveds, right? Mm -hmm. And we want to be able to support them. So knowing what they are energetically, again, it's about recognizing the needs of each individual. And whether you have one person or you have a family, it's really important to know this so that you can support them. Mm-hmm. You you really want to make sure that you're giving them all of the opportunity to experience life without a lot of stories as possible. You want to teach them compassion. You want to teach them to really be understanding and empathetic. And to do that, they need to be able to embrace differences. Mm-hmm. And they also need to understand similarities because, you know, a little bit of this conversation today has been talking about what happens when people aren't the same. Mm-hmm. But when people are totally the same, Mm-hmm. And you have this experience, you're in a relation, you have a great, great energetic combination with your man and mm-hmm. you guys are exactly the same, 
But that also means that you're perfect mirrors for each other, Mm -hmm. which means that if there's like anything that you're trying to keep a secret or you're not prepared to reveal or you, you know, you just haven't, you're not in a place in your life where you feel very secure about some of these things that you can't hide. Mm -hmm. There's no place to hide. And so it pushes transformation. It pushes you to emerge into a more understanding, more evolved person. You don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to do that, the relationship is going to be really problematic. Mm-hmm. Like if there's fears or traumas that you just don't want to deal with and you're with someone where you're perfectly aligned with them, there's no hiding. Mm-hmm. So you've got to deal with that stuff. You've got to deal with it. And it forces you to grow and it's really beautiful. So, you know, I, I don't want any of this to sound like it's a, any of it's a bad thing. It's not. It just is what is. And the key here is how to grow and emerge and enjoy the connection and relationship you're having with anybody, mm-hmm. anybody. You know, we have five lifestyle or five personality modifiers you referred to. And people, some people have none. And the people who have none is with the nickname for it is what you see is what you get. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they're just, they're consistent. When you meet someone with no modifiers, you can talk to their parents or friends and they'll just go, oh yeah, Larry is Larry. But he's, you know, like it doesn't matter whether he's stressed or whether the dog got run over or his car got hit by a bus or whatever, he's fine. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that have modifiers. You have one that's called the engager, which is this really kick-ass cool modifier. It's, we call it the charisma trait. Mm-hmm. And people just love being around you. But you have this ability to ask questions and people just like it's great for you in the business you're in. Mm-hmm. People just answer, right? You told me this. They mm-hmm. ask questions. It doesn't matter what you ask. And the most common thing you hear is, I have never told anybody that happens all the time. Yes. Right? <laughs> happens right. all the time. I just and feel so comfortable talking to you. Right. Feel right. so safe. And, and <laughs> it's so true. And it's and part of it's because of your profession, right? But I can tell you that there's people that are don't their profession's nothing like yours, right? Mm-hmm. Their job is not to like engage and get information out of people and they get the same response. I right. can't believe I told you that. Oh my God, I've never told anybody that. I, I, I can't believe this. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time. Right. It's a neat little modifier. You also have this one called the achiever. And this is someone that can redirect all of their energy to a task. And so when you're on task, nothing else exists. Now, if your romantic partner is like waiting at the door to give you a kiss before you go to work and you're already on task, you're likely to like give them a peck on the cheek and be out the door. And the, and the guy's going to be sitting there going, uh, uh, love, where, where'd the love go? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with that. You're just on task. Mm-hmm. Cause when your, your partner is the task, when that's your focus, it's the best ever. Mm-hmm. Right. And achievers are the ones that can like put down their phones, turn off their computer, disconnect from everything else while they're on task, especially when they're with their beloved. Mm-hmm. There's an upside. The downside is you don't you you don't multitask well. And because you get stuff done so well, people want you to do everything. Most achievers, if they've got their they got themselves really together, they make lists. They put their list in sequential order. They decide what they're going to do first, second, third, fourth, fifth, forever. Many things are on the list. And that makes them very, very happy. Mm-hmm. And when people interrupt them or mess with their list, that makes them not very happy. Mm-hmm. Right? This is, I know how to support my achiever friends. I love to have achiever people work for me. But mm-hmm. I also know how I can screw them up if I just give them a whole bunch of stuff and say, do it. You know, it'll make them nuts. So I got to just say, here's five things I need and I need them in this order. 
Mm-hmm. Does this work? Right. And then everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. There's another modifier that we call the protector that is a psychic trait. And we really say that this person stands in the middle of the psychic highway and they see everything coming and going. What drives it is they're looking for what can go wrong so they can fix it before any harm comes to themselves or anybody else. Mm -hmm. And they do. They pick up on things the rest of us never see. Mm. I mean, they have, there's like red flags going off, real red flags, right? Mm. That go off, that they're warning signals that they see. And, you know, the rest of us are kind of going through life saying everything's good. And they're going, wait, 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 wait. We can't go down this road. I'm certain there's something that's going on down there that's going to be a problem. Now, Mm -hmm. this could be your kid in the car talking about what do you do with kids. And your your little eight-year-old goes, mommy, daddy, I don't think we should go this way. It doesn't feel right. Right. And you go, you just say to little Johnny, you go, Johnny, it's okay, honey. It's just fine. And then an hour later, you're driving down the road and all the traffic stopped because there's been a major accident because there was a huge landslide. And Johnny's like, you should pay attention to what I'm saying next time I say something. This is my gift. Yeah. Well, see, Johnny doesn't know that it's his gift. Mm. What he knows is that the parent said, don't worry, honey. Don't worry. You're just making it up. Mm -hmm. You're just, you know, you're just worried for no reason at all. This is what's most commonly said. Mm. And so now here's this incredible gift. You're right. It's totally a gift, Andrea. Here's this incredible gift that a kid has, but from a very young age, anytime they're worried and they express it, their teacher or an adult or their older brother or sister or their parents says, don't worry, you're just making it up. And what they do is they like squash this capacity. Mm. And sometimes I'll meet people that have protector modifier and they're not there. They're not in that space anymore. And I'll take them back to their childhood and they go, yeah, I used to, that used to happen all the time. And then I felt, you know, that there was something wrong with me and there's nothing wrong with them at all. They have this incredible capacity to see things and they have an incredible capacity to manifest. Mm -hmm. Here's the challenge with it. The most successful men in business have this modifier. Mm Mm-hmm. And just we've tracked a lot of men, so it might be women too, but mostly men that are in CEO positions have this modifier and they see problems, they see red flags, and they have a solution already planned. Mm. So when everybody runs into the boardroom going, oh, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, what do we do? The the CEO just goes, oh, no problem. We'll just go over this way and do that. Mm -hmm. And they all get it down on their knees going, oh, my God, you're brilliant. Mm. Right? Right. So they have a solution already planned. But what happens in their personal lives, instead of having a solution, they focus on the problem. They focus on the the thing that they're alerted to. And you know what happens when you focus on things? They expand. They expand. They happen. They manifest. They may think that, well, you're, you're a perfect example, right? You're the engager woman. And if I'm the protector man in a relationship... And I go to a bar some night and you're sitting in the bar. Well, you're magnetic. Everybody wants to talk talk to you. So I watch some guy walk up to you and man, he's got that look in his eyes. Like he's going to take you up to his, his hotel room, right? You're like, I'm going to protect you. Yeah. (laughs) That's not happening. And I see it. I see it from across the room and I dodge in there and I say to you, don't you even think about it, right? Because I'm focused on that guy and I'm focused on you and I'm seeing it happen before it's even happened. And I'm going, don't you think about it. You're like, I'm not doing anything. (laughs) That's right. And you go, and finally, I'm insistent. I saw you. I saw the way you flirted with them. You're not flirting. You're mental, emotional, sexual response type and you're an engager. It's just you're being you, Mm -hmm. right? And finally, you go, all right, 
well, if you think I'm going to do it, I might as well, mm-hmm. right? And he, I or you perceive the other one as being too controlling, and it's a turnoff. Right, and you get pissed, and you go, maybe I should go with this guy. So you can manifest it, right? But if instead, as the protector guy, I see what's going on, I, I have this image of this other guy picking you up, and I go up to you and you go, honey, let's go dancing. And I look at him and I just smile because I go, she's mine, you know? Mm-hmm. And I take you off dancing. There's a solution. And it's right? a different uh, dynamic rather than this blame or guilt. It, it's this yeah, connection I, or... It's a connection. I have a plan. So right. I go into a solution orientation. And so I have a little, little fun thing I say to people that are protectors. I say, if you get a worried about something, just go, so... And so stands for solution orientation. Mm. <laughs> and, and so each one of the different modifiers, there's another one that's called enroller. And enroller women have a very difficult time finding men. And the reason why is enroller women are like a man in a woman's body. They're never intimidated by a man, and they compete in men's worlds, and the, most of the time they win. So imagine that now. You have a woman, and most of these women will say, oh, yeah, I was a tomboy when I was a kid. Or they will all confirm that, yeah, you know, I, I can go head to head with any man. They just, they are confident and they can just naturally, genetically know that they got it under control. Oftentimes better than most men. When a man shows up in their life, unintentionally they emasculate him. Because mm. they got it covered so well that when the guy even tries to open the car door for him, they go, I got it. I got the car door. I can do this when the guy is really trying to honor her, right? He's trying to be a really loving, care, caring man and demonstrating how much he honors her. It's not a male-female thing. It's an honoring thing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she goes, no, 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 I got it. Open your own car door, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's unintentional, but it's emasculating. Mm-hmm. A lot of enroller women have difficulty because their men don't understand them. And mm-hmm. they feel like, well, you know, you're just too masculine. And Although again, I, if a man is that role, it could feel very courteous and very attentive, mm-hmm. perhaps. Or, or would it be more like a leader well, in, in, the, cases, in the relationship? In both cases, they're natural leaders. Mm. When you have natural leaders, they just need to be aware. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly working with men and women. It's probably the, the largest group of single women have this enroller modifier. And a lot of them, by the time they reach 40 or 50, they just give up. They go, you know, I, I figure I'm, I'm good. I don't need a partner because they haven't found one and they don't think they can. Mm. And the enroller guys or the guys who have enroller women, I say, look, here's the deal. <laughs> you need to let her know every single day how important she is to you. And, and they go, whoa, seems like a tall order. And I go, really? You brush your teeth every day, right? Mm-hmm. And they go, yeah. Well, why do you do that? Well, because it's important. You know, it's hygiene. And I said, yeah, but you don't have to. It's a discipline, right? It's a practice. And they go, yeah, that's true. I said, so guess what? You have a new discipline. Your new discipline is every day you need to let your woman know how important she is in her life or in your life to you. Like, like brushing your teeth. It's like not an option not to. Mm. And yeah. just just to kind of, because I know we have one last modifier and we're, we actually have gone way over because this is so fruitful, the material, but could you share with us the last modifier as we close? So let's see. So we have the protector, the enroller, 
the engager, the achiever, and the last one's the perfectionist. Ah, okay. And and the perfectionist is really this person, their Achilles heel is not feeling good enough. From mm-hmm. the time they were a young kid, it was very difficult for them because everything they wanted to do, it just didn't feel good enough. And if, um, you know, if you grew up like I did, I'd get an A or I'd get a B plus on a test and my dad go would say, why didn't you get an A? Mm. I had the perfectionist modifier. He had uh-huh. no idea how deeply that was wounding. Absolutely, right. No clue, right? And little kids, like back to the family, kids with or adults too with the perfectionist modifier if they don't believe something can be done so one of my sons has it and i remember one day he's really really good at math Mm -hmm. and he just did not want to do this one he he was not doing well in this one class and i asked him i said so what's the deal i mean you're awesome at math he says i just don't get this stuff and because he didn't believe he could get it he just wouldn't do it if they get to a point where they just don't believe something's possible they're done Mm -hmm. or they won't start Mm-hmm. And the key here with the perfectionist is to understand that that things are they're perfect wherever they are. Yes. Like you don't have to rewrite something 15 times. <laughs> the first time or maybe the second time with the editing is good enough. Let it go and go on to the next thing and surround yourself with people that are really, really talented so that you can be around a lot of folks that have great capacity. The perfectionist is a true seeker. They mm-hmm. won't stop until they find the truth. Right, right. So, How great. How wonderful. Because I think all that we've covered is really understanding the different dimensions energetically of ourselves and how to embrace them, which I think is so important once we understand who we are and why we operate the way we do. And then how that impacts our relationships in positive or potentially challenging ways. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would just just kind of refine that one little thing and that you said who we are, mm-hmm. and this is really a what. A what we are because of the energy yeah. that yeah, we... Yeah, because this is genetic, right? So the mm-hmm. who we are is what we've learned to be. It's our belief systems. It's how we were raised. It's what we desire. It's our passions in life, all those things. Mm-hmm. And they're really important. Who we are is critically important when you're matching yourself up with anybody, but the what is equally as important. It uh, literally yeah. takes the gambling out of relating. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Larry. This has been such a great conversation. And I I know that you have a very special free gift for our audience. So can you share what that is and how they can access it? Yeah, absolutely. So our website's called thefouranswers.com and it's spelled F-O-U-R. So it's the and then F-O-U-R answers.com. And when you go there, if you go to the product section on the site, we put in a new product that's called a personal energetic profile and you get that and it's our way of saying thank you and this is going to give you your personal profile. Mm. It's going to tell you what you are energetically mm-hmm. and it's do it for yourself, do it for your beloveds, do it with your kids. You can run as many of these as you like, have your friends do it. It's just such, it's so valuable to know this information mm. and remember you're not doing this so that you can make someone be a certain way. You're doing this so you can allow someone to really show up and live by their design and -hmm. embrace them and honor them and love them and acknowledge them like never before. Oh, wonderful. Beautiful. I loved this conversation. I hope that everyone enjoyed it as much as I did. I'm so glad we had this talk today. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me on this call. I appreciate it. Wonderful. 
Wonderful. So once again, I'm your host, Andrea Carella with True Potential Counseling. And just to recap all the amazing content that we covered today, we covered the four different lifestyle traits. We covered the different types of attraction and chemistry, how these different energetic dimensions impact us, whether in our family, as a parent, in our relationship around finances, around communication, and various other areas in our relationship and our communication styles with our partner. I definitely want you to check in tomorrow for the next interview. We have another amazing speaker coming on tomorrow for the Create a Relationship You Love Summit Series. I can't wait to connect with you, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Larry as much as I did and uh, get some really great takeaways and definitely try those assessment tools so you can become more intimate with yourself and with your partner. Thank you.